and welcome to Alvarado on Mac Action, a podcast that's all about Mac football and not Mac football. I'm Alex Alvarado. Today is Sunday, May 2nd, 123 days till kickoff. And yesterday, the NFL draft finally wrapped up. That storyline just takes forever. I hate how long it takes for the draft to get here. Only four Mac guys left to left through the NFL draft. Lance Leipold's at Kansas, so we got that storyline to talk about too. But first, we have to talk about uh, something a little bit more important than those right now. John Keller, a backup quarterback over at Central Michigan, 20 years old. He was in very serious condition. He was put in the hospital about this time last week. There was an apartment party. I don't think it was his apartment. I don't know, uh, but it doesn't matter. Outsiders came in from Detroit to that house party last week. Uh, arguments broke out. Guys went out to the car, grabbed weapons. John Keller, and this is through the uh, the GoFundMe page that was set up to help out his medical expenses, that John put up a, a heroic effort to stop the outsiders from coming in with their weapons and cause harm to more people. He took a shot to the chest. One of his friends, uh, Tyler Bunning, 23 years old, he was also shot and was in stable condition afterwards. But John was in much more serious at the time. He had to get rushed over to the hospital. I think he got airlifted over there, actually. Um, and he had to get put onto a ventilator. Obviously, he lived, and it was a situation where he could have easily not lived through it. He was on a ventilator, and as of today, a week later, uh, his dad on Twitter posted at 5 o'clock on Saturday that you know, things were going in the right direction. That was a couple of days ago. And on today, Saturday, he said that his de- uh, his son is finally off the ventilator. So that was really good news to see out of a situation where, you know, someone could have easily just died. And we've seen Mac players, former Mac players, die, ne- die unnecessarily, you know, through gunfire. There was the very recent Western Michigan grad who died at his hospital where he was getting, you know, uh, psychiatric care. There was the player from Toledo who was shot and killed, I think like a week, weeks before or after that Western Michigan player lost his life too. And so, you know, these sorts of violences have like impacted Mac teams very recently and still very unnecessarily. And this could have easily been one more, one more person who could have lost his life unnecessarily. Thankfully, that's not the case. I just hate that this is still the bullshit that we still have to keep talking about. Just more Mac players getting shot. Just more kids just being on the wrong end of a gunshot. There's no right end to be on there, to be very clear for you. No right end there. But it's just good to see that, you know, Mr. Keller is doing a lot better. Sucks to see him in that situation in the first place. Isabella County Police uh, did have a suspect in custody. His name is Kenneth Thomas. Uh, He's from Detroit. He pleaded not guilty on 10 charges. Obviously, the story is still ongoing. They're still looking for any remaining suspects. And it seems like there should be more. Uh, And hopefully, hopefully some justice comes out of that. And hopefully that sort of violence doesn't keep going on. Because I don't like keep talking about this. I don't like it. It's not fun at all. But I did want to get 
that out of the way. If you want to see the uh, the GoFundMe page that was set up, though, I have the link in the episode notes. They had a goal of forty thousand dollars raised. They're at thirty one thousand right now, which is really really good. Uh, I see like a top donor, someone donated two thousand dollars to the cause, which is really really nice. Um, and the family is well aware, like you know, this is not. Once he gets out of the hospital, it's not going to be the same. Like it's going to be a long road for him to, you know, feeling back to normal. There's probably going to be probably going to be some counseling sessions that he's going to have to go through. There's going to be a lot of fallout that Keller's going to have to experience to try to get back to some sort of normalcy. And his life's not going to be the same after this, obviously. Thankfully, he did put up a heroic effort to potentially save a lot of lives. And it sucks that, you know, this is what had to happen for it. But uh, yeah, go ahead and donate to the link if you want to. Again, I have it in the show notes for you. And yeah, I mean, thoughts go out to John Keller and his family right now because I, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine, could not imagine this. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's move on to the more fun stuff. We do have Lance Leifold topic to talk about because he is now over at Kansas after that position has been open for about a couple months now because Les Miles, he got fired. Jeff Long, the athletic director at the time, he got fired in early March because of a bunch of Title IX infractions that they uh, that they allowed to happen and they perpetuated to have, to have happen during their times at LSU. Kansas eventually hired in uh, an alum to take over its athletic directing job. Uh, a little bit before that, their basketball coach, Bill Self, he had a lifelong contract signed. And there was a there's a lot of wondering, like, who, who is Kansas going to be hiring? And some of the names that were thrown into the Knicks, obviously Lance Leopold, Jeff Monken from Army, and Willie Fritz over at Tulane. Two, three really good candidates. For whatever reason, Kansas, the one Power 5 job that I could see going full triple option, just decided not to go triple option there. And instead went with Lance Leipold, who looking at his resume, 109 wins and six losses at Wisconsin Whitewater uh, from his time there from 2007 to 2014 with six D3 national championship wins. Spent six seasons over at Buffalo where he got 37 and 33 overall record, which is not easy to do in Buffalo at all. Uh, made it to the MAC championship game twice. Fun fact about Lance Leipold, though, uh, his initials, his initials, it's the same as his record in the MAC championship games. Uh, he, his last team that he had finished in the AP top 25 and the college football top 25, which I don't think has ever been done before by Buffalo. Certainly not in the playoff era, but I don't think they've ever finished in the AP top 25 either. So, he obviously brought a team that has has zero history of ever being good to great heights. Now he's going to Kansas, and they're hoping for a lot of the same there. Uh, Scott, is it okay if I refer to this place as Lawrence Lancis, though? Um, I thought you had something else going at first, but, yeah, I think that's also acceptable. Uh-oh, what did you think I had going? So you had Lawrence – what was it, Lawrence Flansis? Lawrence Lances. Lawrence. Oh, I thought you said something else. I thought you said Lawrence Flanses. And that's. Oh, no. Yeah, Lawrence Lances. Lawrence Lances is appropriate. 
And like, I, you, you really can't rename the basketball state after its new football coach who hasn't won anything there yet. But, <laughs> uh, but it is fun to say because I, it really does feel like it's just something else. Like the, like the less miles higher, obviously that was a high profile. Everyone knew who the Mad Hatter was. And it's just weird seeing him wearing like a white hat and a blue quarter zip at the time. Right. Cause we're so used to him in, in an LSU get up. Or in like a, his retirement get up, whatever the two. But Leopold, obviously, he has the history of winning a lot of games at the D3 level and at Buffalo. Uh, but to take this job, you really do have to be built differently. And like the football people all say, like, oh, I'm built different, oh, I'm built different, uh, which it's all fun to say. But for this job, it's clearly the worst P5 job that that there is out there. Like, I can't think of, let's see, what would be a worse P5 head coaching job to have? Nothing in the SEC, because even Vanderbilt would be pretty cool. Nope, nothing, nothing. Nothing comes to mind. They all suck. Even Rutgers would be cool. But Kansas has – Rutgers would be a better one as well, so. Yeah. And Kansas, they – Outside of the 2007 season, no real history there. Just only only a ground floor to still build on. This is a football program that has not taken itself all too seriously in the history of ever. Uh, and that's there's a lot of reasons for very qualified and very good football coaches to say, no, screw that. I would never want to coach there a day in my life. But Leipold's different. He, he wants that. Like, that's why, like, those are the reasons why he was so good at Whitewater. He was really good at foundationally building a program up. And he wasn't, he didn't just start there in 07. Like, he was there uh, late 80s, I think, 90s at least, for sure. He was there for, like, positional jobs. And he's seen programs be built up over time. And he did a, you know, phenomenal job at Whitewater, did a great job at Buffalo, turning a lot of things around there. Um, so a lot is to be hoped for with Kansas and you saw, and you probably saw on Twitter, him talk to his players and he was so fired up and you can hear it in the tenor of his voice. You can hear it, you know, when like just the way he, he talks to his guys, like he knows that a lot of things have gone wrong for them. He knows that he knows that they know that they're in a position that they don't want to be in. There's so much outside of their control that they wish could just be different for their football experience, especially in college when they're young and in their prime and just having fun. But he also made a promise that they will win football games there, which if it came from probably, let's see, how many people live in the United States? Like over 300 million, like 350 million. So if 350 million other people in America could walk through Lawrence Lances and say, you're going to win football here in Kansas to that football group, we'd have 350 million liars, but Leipold's the only one that would say that seriously. And, you know, I, I have to believe him because I'm sure like that's, the, that's how he walked into Whitewater. That's how he walked into Buffalo. And so I'm just excited for him, man. Like it sucks that Buffalo now has, <laughs> it is early May. They're going to have to hire a coach who has to prepare for a season in mm, less than four months. So that's not going to be easy at all. I have no idea 
how they're going to go about replacing Leipold. I have no idea if Leipold's going to try to like get some of the seniors that he was able to keep from Buffalo, try to get them over through the transfer portal. I'm sure the transfer portal is going to help him out personally in the long run and in the short run too, because he can get talent instantly on that roster. But I don't know if he's going to be the guy to like try to pluck guys from Buffalo to make that happen. I don't know if Buffalo guys are going to, you know, on their own, try to follow him there. I haven't seen anything, but I haven't checked. It's been the draft all day. But it's an exciting opportunity for him. It's hell for the people back home at Buffalo to try to figure out what to do now. Should they try to offer it to offer the new job to, I don't know, Rob Ionello? Should they try to get someone who's still looking for a head coaching job from the FCS or D2 ranks? I don't know. It's just they're not going to be able to find a good football coach right away. Like they were lucky as hell to get Lance Leipold in the first place. He was their home run hire. He didn't bring home any like bank championship rings. He got them there a couple of times. But that was the best that they got out of their home run hire. And that might be as good as a good of a hire as they'll ever get. Like, like I said, like there's only one Lance Leipold out there. Like it's, there's not going to be many people walking and talking the same way he does and having the same sort of confidence to bring W's to losing programs the same way he has. So it'll be interesting to see how Buffalo reacts to it. I just don't expect the next head coach, maybe even the next two head coaches to even like keep Buffalo at the level that Leipold was able to bring the team up to. So good luck to Buffalo there, but even better luck to Lance because uh, yeah, that's, yeah, it's just an awesome, awesome spot for him. Like, even as crappy as a job as it is, it's just awesome for him because I don't think that he could have landed. I don't think he would have wanted a P5 job anywhere else. I don't think, like, is there even, like, another job out there that would appeal to him the same way that Kansas has to him? Like, I just don't see that. Like, I don't think that he could have ended up at, like, a Louisville or whatever. He's got like some connections to the Midwest Plains area. Like he was in Nebraska for almost like 14 years. So I think that definitely had an impact on why he decided to go back to that area as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. And like he's done a good job like branching Buffalo out from like Buffalo, you can't. And I, I've said this to other guys before like you can't rely on like high school seniors from New York and New Jersey to build up a winner in Buffalo. Like he knew he had to use his connections throughout the Midwest. Uh, He built up connections at Whitewater in Chicago and he kept those up when he was in Buffalo. He built up more relations in Detroit uh, and in Ohio and other parts of that Midwest where he was able to get a little bit better recruits over times to get, to come to Buffalo. You know, that's not something that Buffalo has always had a good success, you know, a good job doing. So hopefully he can keep those connections, you know, keep kids from Chicago and Detroit um, back to Nebraska locally in Kansas. Hopefully he can get the best of the talents around him there. If he can even like get a like steal like, you know, two or three bodies from, I don't know, Texas. Kansas will be looking a lot different that way, too. 
But yeah, good luck to Lance. Good luck to you, man. Like that, I'm just excited for him. I really am. All right, Scott, we finally got to the fun part of this conversation. Now we have the draft because day three started at noon. It ended at seven. Like, I don't remember the last time I, I don't, maybe it's always been that way in like the last few years, but it was just weird watching like, all right, the draft's all wrapped up. Get ready to watch Steph Curry play some NBA basketball in a little bit. It's like, man, already? It's already time for tip off. The draft is over. Only four guys were picked from the Mac. We have Dwayne Eskridge in the second round, Malcolm Kuntz in the third, and in the fifth round, a couple of linemen, Jalen Moore and Tommy Doyle. Thankfully, they were all within my big board. I was really worried that someone was going to be drafted outside of my top 10 big board, and I was going to look like a real dummy. Eskridge is at Seattle. Malcolm Kuntz is at Oakland. Jalen Moore, he was a left tackle, but it looks like he's going to be playing guard for the 49ers uh, after they picked Trey Lance. And Tommy Doyle, uh, he went to the Buffalo Bills. I haven't seen him put an elbow through a table yet like the other lineman who was drafted by the Bills was. So, Tommy Doyle, you're on watch. Scott, uh, Maxion or not, you know, what thoughts do you have about NFL draft now that it is finally – finally over that was a good draft i mean <laughs> you, you can't complain i think a lot of teams are they drink the kool-aid and they get super happy about who they took like i know lions fans are definitely super super pumped and excited about everybody they drafted i think maybe every once in a while someone will say hey i think we might have overreached and then they quickly get shut out on twitter and everybody <laughs> makes fun of them for it so <laughs> i so you said you mentioned reach in one of my uh in one of my group messages like my uh my group text messages group messaging there we go my god man it's been such a long day in one of my group messages though i said you know was malcolm Kuntz was he a reach like i'm happy for him because it gives me something better to talk about like yeah i get to talk about a third round edge player uh from the mac being selected by the raiders that's cool and all was he a reach? I don't know. Like I had him, let's see on my board. I had him at three for the Mac. My number two guy uh, didn't get picked at all. Quentin Morris. Uh, but Koontz, I was, I was a little bit worried about, but I figured he had enough pedigree and enough popularity, especially after the 2019 season that he had, you know, that he was at least going to get picked. I didn't think that he was going to get picked as early as the third round. Uh, and this is the Raiders that we're talking about with Martin Mayhew and John Gruden. Uh, if, and if you don't know anything about, you know, how they like to draft, they really like to stretch their arms out and really reach longer than they need to. Uh, if they would have been working for the Raiders in 2014, we'd be talking about Johnny Manziel as their quarterback. It's funny because and like they also traded away Khalil Mack just a couple years ago. And now they bring in Malcolm Koontz, another Buffalo guy. But, yeah, I do wonder if, like, if he was a reach. Still happy for the guy. I just wonder how many other boards out there were like, oh, yeah, we're ready to take Koontz in the fifth round if he's there. You know, I wonder if, like, that was the case for a lot of other teams out there. Um, 
but he went in the third round. Dwayne Eskridge in the second round. He's I saw like some posts out there say that he was a reach two, maybe someone that could have waited until the third round. I say screw you. Dwayne Eskridge is really good. Um I, I isn't Seattle also one of those teams that's a little bit notorious for not drafting very well. Like I think like one of their like notable not so great picks was was like uh Michael Penny, something like that. The remember the running back for uh yeah, San the guy State? from San Diego State. Yeah, he was like a but then they also drafted uh, Russell Wilson. This is true. Yeah, he was like a he was like a fifth round pick too, wasn't he? He was he was pretty late. And of course, Jalen Moore to the 49ers, Tommy Doyle to the Bills. I don't have too much to say about them because they're linemen, not in all honesty. Um, but the other guys off my big board that did not get selected in the NFL draft, Quentin Morris, my number two. No, he's a tight. I'm not looking to see if anybody's uh, signing elsewhere right now. I have a couple notes in front of me, but I'm not going to read too many of them off. But Quentin Morris, he's still someone that I'm kind of looking out for. Uh, his pro day numbers actually kind of like looked very similar to one uh, tight end, Tyler Conklin who was drafted by Minnesota in the fifth round in 2018 out of Central. Uh, so I was kind of a little bit surprised that he didn't get picked, but, you know, it was a weird year. Um, Antonio Phillips, Jarrett Patterson, Antonio Nunn, Manny Ragumba, and Isaiah McCoy all went undrafted. Uh, some of those guys, as I'm talking, already have contracts. I'm not looking up the rest right now, though. Um, but, yeah, Scott, you – I don't, I don't want to talk about these guys anymore. We'll talk about undrafted free agents another time uh, when I have more information with them. But, Scott, you have information about some other names that were actually called in the NFL draft. Um, and I'd like for you to share what kind of notes you have written down. Yeah, so I made a top three of best names from the draft. I only yes. did three because there weren't that many ones. So... At number well, three, that's fine. That's fine. I have number three. I have Isaiah Loudermilk, and I like Isaiah this one because it uh it insinuates that there's quiet milk, right? Yeah. So, well, there is quiet milk. I guess there's no louder milk. So it's it's very interesting to me that that's like a name. <laughs> so that's my number three. My number two is I don't have the first name up, but Wild Goose also out of Wisconsin. And that okay. makes me laugh as well. That, because that that? Is, it, is it like actually spelled like wild goose? Yeah, like how you would think wild goose would be. It's Rashad Wild Goose. So oh. it's funny to me as well because it insinuates there's quiet geese, which there is not. They're always very loud and wild. So like like and I said it to you earlier, but like wild goose really does sound like it should be a name of a bourbon. Like there's already like wild turkey. There's wild yeah. turkey. Okay, that's what it was. You threw me off. Did I do my number one now? Oh man, please do. And my that's too good. My number one is last name Cheese Man out of Michigan, and he's a long snapper. <laughs> I don't know why someone would use their pick on a long snapper, but I mean it's a six round. Cheese man is 
It's just one of those classic good American names. So it's very great that all these guys are from the Midwest as well. So there's definitely a mid-American oh. connection as well. Wait, 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 where's where's Cheese Man from? Where's the Cheese Man from? He's from Michigan. He should be from what? Wisconsin, but he's from Michigan, unfortunately. What? Is that where he grew up too? Well, I don't know. I've never heard of this guy until <laughs> today. So well. Yeah, check out his hometown, please, and let me know. But like, if I had the last name Cheese Man, I mean, you you and I talked about this. Like, we, you and I are—I uh, don't know if we should re- reveal it on this podcast. Anyway, ah, fuck it, no one's listening. Um, one day we want to do a food truck, and if we had the last name Cheese Man, like, we would in- instantly like change our food truck ideas to like grilled cheese, right? Or just like. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm, I like how you said we have the last name Cheese Man. So you're insinuating we're brothers, right? I mean, we just met and we both happen to be Cheese Men. We are brothers, but closer. And then Cameron Cheese Man is from New Albany, Ohio. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's Midwest as hell. God damn. Like, at what point does it get annoying that your last name's Cheese Man? Like, at some point, you're kind of happy about it, you know, like, yeah, my name's Cheese Man. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you know, fifth and sixth grade were silly with it. But now I'm a, I'm an adult seventh grader. Stop, stop fucking with my last name being Cheese Man. Yeah. I mean, I think the best way to do it is to say, who cut the cheese, man? And then it's, it's Cheese Man. <laughs> cheese Man cut the cheese, man. It's like the Hollywood could have Chuck Chuck, but the cheese man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was bad. I'm sorry. Man, I would look over at Cheese Man in class and be like, what are you pulling out of your pocket? Are you eating a whole slice of American cheese? You're just eating wrapped American cheese by the slice. All right, Scott. Well, thank you for <laughs> thank you for putting that list together, man. I, I, had, I actually did not know. I took a nap in the middle of the draft because it's too damn long. I didn't know that Wild Goose was even a guy. Did it, I had no idea that person even existed. Not even a little bit. But thank you, Scott, for helping me out. Thank you at home for listening and tuning into another episode of El Brado on Action. Uh, I do this podcast a couple times a week, so make sure you're subscribed along. Uh, wherever you buy your podcast at Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, blah, 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 blah. Follow me on Twitter at ARLBrado13, at MaxionPod, at MacFB Recruiting. Uh, yeah, I recommend this show to someone that uh, that also likes Maxion. And if you like Maxion a lot, head over to Patreon and give me three bucks a month. Pretty please. Uh, you'll get really nice episode notes. They're really detailed. And uh, there's a lot of information on these notes that you might not hear on this podcast but until then thank you again for listening and i'll talk to you all again on wednesday